0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. What up, Tuesday listeners? It's Fantasy NBA Today. I'm trying to bring the energy. Bring in the energy, man. It's the end of the season here. You got to bring the energy. Otherwise, it's all just going to slip away. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. This is what happens when I record the show... In the evening before. My brain is mush by the end of the day. My kid's got a fever. It's not COVID. Don't worry. We tested. Kid's got a fever. Everything's gotten completely thrown out of whack. Just trying to piecemeal the day together. I can effectively watch the head-to-head matchup, my head-to-head finals matchup on my phone while I'm chasing one of the two kids around. So I know what's going on with like a select 20 players in the NBA. And then everything else is catch-up at the end of the night. And then I'm trying to do a show. feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. You guys know the drill by now. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, when we're in playoff streamer mode, which is basically this four-week stretch where I try to give a buffer. If your playoffs started one week earlier, or one week later, whatever it might be. We talk streaming. For you Roto folks, my favorite. Sorry, head-head players. I do love the Roto guys. They're just... That's my jam, man. That's the fair way to play. We still recap every day's card, try to figure out what we can do going forward. There are roto plays, there are head-to-head plays, and we kind of roll them together. I thought I would flip the order on today's podcast. By the way, I'm Dan Vespers. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Really do appreciate the fact, I know I've said this before, I will say it again, I've never had this happen before in the half decade we've been doing this show, where the pod has actually picked up listenership the last couple weeks of the season. Never happened in the history of the podcast. It always tapers off at the end because just from a sheer numbers standpoint, this is when leagues have ended. Some percentage of them, 15, 20, 25% of leagues, are over by now. So podcast listenership should drop off roughly that same amount, and it hasn't. It's gone up. I can't figure it out other than I love you guys. You're the best. Thank you for all the ratings and reviews. Thank you for the new listeners that are coming in right now. This is just, it's so cool. You know, like the last, last year, uh, the season ended in mid May. So April was effectively the last full month of the podcast. And it looks like, uh, we're probably going to just thump that last month. So this year, the last month would be March. Last year, the last month was April. I think we're probably going to beat it by like 25 to 30% growth which is nuts considering we're, we're in the midst of like two very short, weird turnaround years. I'm super excited about what next season's going to bring, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. Love to talk to you guys over there. If you haven't followed me there yet, I think many of you that are listening now over here are probably coming from the social media side because I've been doing way too damn much over there. It's worth it, though. It's worth it. We're finding new bodies. Introduce you guys to sports ethos. So what I normally do is I go through the night before, and then I walk my way into the streamer stuff. Today, I actually want to do the streamer first. And I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner, but so many times I've been going through the box scores as kind of a recap mode, and I get to a team like, you know, Chicago would be a good example of this. And yesterday's podcast, I talked at extraordinary length about how Chicago is a really important team to have right now, Because they went Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I think, this week. So a really good schedule team. But if I haven't talked about the streaming part yet, then when I'm talking about their scheduling advantage, I sort of over and over again tease the streamer segment of the show when if I had just done it already, I could refer to it. I don't know why I didn't do this earlier. From now on, this is the way we're going to do it. We're going to do it this way next year also. Streaming. We do two a days. Uh, yesterday we talked Monday and Tuesday, as I mentioned on yesterday's show. Monday, the only reason to do a stream would be if you had one of a player, a fringy player, on one of the three teams that goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or uh, Monday. Sorry, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Scratch that first part. Edits, what are edits? Dan just talks right through. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. There are three teams: uh, Minnesota, New Orleans, and Phoenix that have that. Very crummy schedule, and the reason that's the worst schedule of the week is because both Wednesday and Sunday are overload days. So not only do they only have three games, which is tied for the lowest, there aren't any two-game weeks this time around, but they also expend two of their games on days where you probably could just drop someone else into your lineup. So yeah, maybe Jose Alvarado is your, you know, 10th best player, and by dropping him you'd have to move your 11th best player into his spot in your lineup— but you're not, you're not actually sacrificing a game by dropping him on those overload days. You're sacrificing like a tenth of a game on each of them. So if you were able to pick up, say, yesterday, someone on Chicago that has a four-game week, none of them on overload days, you gain, you go from basically having like what we'd call a 1.2-game week to a four-game week. You're gaining 2.8 games in that instance. And that's only assuming the player you got on Chicago is worse than the player you gave up. Monday's gone. Can't think about it. I think there's a song, Yesterday is Gone. It's Just Remember When. Yesterday will never come again. Tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow's far away. So let's talk streaming today. Tuesday, I believe, today, is, like two weeks ago, the most important day of your entire week. And I mentioned it on yesterday's show, but I'll repeat it because I know not everybody listens to every single episode. The reason that Tuesday is super important is that a lot of the teams that go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday this week also had a game yesterday. So those players, those teams, were actually fine to start the week. They had four games. You could probably abandon ship on two of them, Wednesday and Sunday. But you didn't want to make a move before they played on the first day of the week. An example of such a team there's plenty. Boston, Houston, Indiana. The list goes on and on. You guys don't need to give me you don't need me to give you all the names. Basically every team that like is late in the alphabet has this schedule. Almost all of them. It's dumb. The reason I bring this up is because now those teams are basically the same as New Orleans, Minnesota, Phoenix, The teams that only go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. And you can treat them as such starting today. You couldn't do it yesterday. You wouldn't have been able to make the move to gain 2.8 games. You would have gained 1.8 games because Chicago and the team we're talking about, Sacramento would be an example of it as well, both played yesterday. But now, again, comparing these two teams in particular, Sacramento, three games, two of them on overload days, Chicago, three games, none of them on overload days. So today, and again, yesterday was was critical if you could move off of someone with that terrible schedule to get someone on the Bulls, where you could gain 2.8, roughly, or as many as three games, or more, if the player you're switching to is actually better than the player you were giving up. But we're just going to average it out and call it about three. We'll just assume that the... stream. For this argument, let's assume the streamer-level guys are equal in their value to your team. I realize that that's not going to be the case. Anybody you move is going to be a tiny bit better or a tiny bit less. But we have, to, we have to take all of this kind of in a vacuum for our discussion. So let's don't, not even give them a name and just say player A is a top 125, 135 value, somewhere in that neck of the woods. Player B, also top 125, 135 value. Player A is on Sacramento. Player B is on Chicago. There are other teams also, by the way, that this would fit in with. Sacramento now, the rest of the week, has the bad schedule we were talking about yesterday, except they had a game already. So yes, over the course of the entire seven days, their schedule was markedly better because they had a game on Monday. But now, the last six days of this week, it's the same. Like I said, you just kind of have to forget about yesterday. It doesn't matter anymore that their schedule for the full week was better. We only care about today through Sunday, six days. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo! say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com, that's d r i z l y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Yes, you can't make a move to a team and gain three games, but... There are a ton of teams where you can make moves to gain two. And you guys know, that's what we talk about on this podcast. If you can make a move to gain two games played in your week, then those little differences between, you know, if you drop a top 110 guy or a top 100 guy for a top 115 guy, those dudes are only separated by probably about a 10% value on any given game. So gaining two games, even if your player is just a tiny bit worse, gains you, if you want to do the math on it, about 1.8 games worth of streamer-level production. And if you can do that, if you have three, four, five roster moves in a given week, if you can do that with all of them, you're talking about a colossal advantage over your opponent. The math of it doesn't always work out, but if you assume that your team and your opponent's team probably have about six or seven really good players and that those players are somewhat even in their production, and then both of your teams probably have another uh, three, four players that are fine, and those are relatively even in their production, and then the bottom three or four guys on your two teams are also relatively even in production. If everything was equal, the two teams meeting in the finals would have... A very close week. But if you can somehow use your roster moves, if you can use all four of your moves to gain whatever we want to call it 7.2 streamer games worth of production, what categories are we talking about here? Go to the, go to the board. And now we can take real players. If you look at somebody ranked near 125 on the year, that player, by the way, is Kevin Love this season. On a per-game basis, Kevin Love is number 125. He's averaging 13.5 points, 7.3 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 2.5 three-pointers, half a steal, almost no blocks, pretty good free throw, bad field goal, relatively low turnovers. If you have seven Kevin Loves, seven Kevin, added to your team at the end of the week, how much of a difference do you think that makes? Go back and look at all of your weekly matchups, if you don't believe me. But seven times 13 or 14 is a pretty good number. You're talking about between 90 and 100 extra points for your team that week. You're talking about 17 and a half three-pointers. You're talking about almost 50 rebounds, 15 to 20 assists. Okay, fine, that's not as big of a deal. But again, we're talking about specific categories. Only three steals? Right, not that big of a deal. Talk about someone else ranked near 125. Let's say you're streaming a different level player. (laughs) I'm not going to say Julius Randle, even though... He's number 122 this year. Uh, Monte Morris. Let's say you wanted something more in the guard spot. He's at 4.4 assists. So seven of those, you're talking about 30-plus assists. 0.7 steals, you're talking about five total steals over the course of the week. Still about 90 points. So not all top 125s are created equal, obviously. But depending on what type of player you're streaming this week... Whether you're looking at Chicago and maybe it's Ayo Desunmu or maybe it's Alex Caruso or any of the other teams we mentioned on yesterday's pod that I will list off here now momentarily, if you're eyeballing guards, stock pot, you know, roll up seven extra games of guard production. 7.2, sorry. We're saying you're losing 10% by dropping someone for someone slightly worse. If you want to make it 20%, I don't care. That's fine. You're still getting 6.4 streamer games worth. And your opponent probably isn't getting two games with every move they make. They're probably getting closer to one. So even if they're somehow on some of their moves actually getting a slightly better player, they're probably not overwhelming you. They might be getting, what, three extra games over the course of the week, and you're getting as many as eight. This is a four-move week. If you have more than that, you can even do more with streaming stuff. And the beauty of this is that you don't even need someone playing on Sunday. So you can actually look at other three-game teams this week. You don't need a team playing four times. Yeah, sure, there are teams that still go four times. uh Oh, what do we got? Um, Cavs go four times, but their schedule is not the one I'm talking about. Um, Clippers, Lakers, Pistons, Bucks, Sixers and Wizards, no, Wizards don't have the right layout. Dallas and Washington still have four games, but their four games is actually less valuable than the teams that go three but do it on the right days. So let's go through the names real quick here. Brooklyn, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I'm going to talk about teams that generally avoid the overload days, all of them, maybe not Sunday. Like, Atlanta is sort of okay, because they go Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. So they have two games you could definitely use. But Brooklyn's got three. That's the, that's the point here. You want to move from a team where you're going to get one to a team where you're going to get three. So it's Brooklyn, Chicago, Detroit, who, by the way, does go on Sunday, but that's the fourth game in their week. So it's sort of inconsequential, because that one you're going to just count as a wash anyway. You're effectively turning a Wednesday game into a Thursday and a Friday by switching that one. Or you're turning a Friday game into a Thursday-Tuesday. I don't know. I lost track. Doesn't matter. Uh, Detroit, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Jazz are actually the last team. They go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. All of the teams that I just mentioned have three remaining games on non-overload days. doesn't actually matter which one it is. Chicago, Brooklyn, they've got Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. If you're going to go through this sort of uh, by name. Detroit goes Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Clippers, same. Lakers, same. Bucks, same. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Philly, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And Utah, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So those teams, which, by the way, is a pretty good collection of teams. I'll repeat them again. Brooklyn, Chicago, Detroit, Clippers, Lakers. That's five. Bucks, Sixers, Jazz. You have eight teams to pick from on streamer-level players. Just go through all those rosters. There's going to be somebody in there. Brooklyn's got Nick Claxton. He's been playing well. LaMarcus Aldridge has kind of been phased out right now, so that's a possible streamer. Um, I doubt many of the other nets have been dropped, but you could look around. Um, Chicago's got, we already talked about Caruso and Io. That's what I get. I slapped my table and something went flying off the side of it. Getting animated over here. Detroit, they've got Killian Hayes. I doubt Marvin Bagley's still floating around, so it's probably mostly just Killian Hayes at this point. Clippers, lots of streamers on the Clippers. Isaiah Hardenstein, Terrence Mann. If Covington got dropped, I doubt it. Reggie Zubots might have gotten dropped. He was not very good. I mean, you're talking about a two-game week last week, so a lot of these guys might actually be in the free agent pool. Lakers, LeBron is out, probably. I think he said his ankle was terrible. I'd be floored if he played in Dallas and maybe not even in Utah either. And I know they got to win some games, but he said his ankle was awful. So you're talking about Monk, Melo, THT. Dwight Howard probably plays against Utah and the Pels and Jokic. Lakers got a bunch of options Milwaukee Grayson Allen Pat Connaughton are guys that are floating around on almost every waiver wire Philly's got uh Matisse Theibel and Utah pretty much has nobody although depending on who's hurt and this is a problem because you can't really plan for the entire week you don't want to pick up a backup center and then have either Whiteside or Gobert show up Boyan Bogdanovich is probably on waiver wires I think he's been ruled out already so maybe you go Wancho Hernan Gomez All that to say that whatever you're dropping, whatever player you dump that had a game on Monday, you could probably go find someone that's within roughly 10 to 15% of production of them, or maybe even slightly better. I talked about Kevon Looney as an example yesterday, a guy finishing a five-games-and-seven-night stretch. I'm going to switch off of Kevon Looney to somebody better. So not only am I going to get a two-game bounce the rest of the week, where the Warriors have only one game on Saturday that would make my roster— I'm going to get a better player. So it's probably more like a 2.2 or a 2.4 game bounce. That's a big deal for my fantasy team. And you guys should do it too. And then don't make any moves on Wednesday. For God's sake, don't make any moves on Wednesday. You most likely have an overload if you don't. I know you know, This is something you should have looked ahead to and you should have game planned for that because it means you probably didn't need to make as many streamer moves yesterday and today. I think most teams have overload on Wednesday and Sunday, and so a lot of our goal this week is to get off of those and use it as a way to add moves to your weekly tally. I know, long discussion. Let's break down a Monday card. Let's go through it on kind of quick. Denver beats Charlotte. Hey, Will Barton actually had another decent ball game. Maybe he's warming back up again. Maybe. Not sure I would trust it. You know who doesn't ever cool off? Nikola Jokic. Good God, man. Charlotte finally lost. They've been hot lately, and uh, they'll be fine again. Good to see them kind of rounding back into shape here at the end of the year, but really nothing, nothing at all from this basketball game. Cleveland beat Orlando 107-101. Cavs really need wins. They're going to play their guys, and they lost Evan Mobley to a turned ankle in this one. So guys just got really important. Kevin Love, I almost called him Kevon Love, got Kevon Looney on the brain. Isaac Okoro, who, if you picked him up for the five-game week, probably just got really interesting now with Mobley out. Uh, But the regulars on the... I'm not picking up Okoro, by the way, in a roto league. But the regulars have a really nice rest of the week in front of them if Mobley now is missing time. And Karis LeVert starting but was terrible. He should be better, too. Orlando's a pain in the butt. Wendell Carter Jr. came back, played 27 minutes. Mobamba. Last time they played the Cavs, he got huge minutes. This time, not so much. And actually, he wasn't terrible. He was a plus two in a game they lost by six. I don't know, man. Cole Anthony wasn't very good. Franz Wagner wasn't very good. No one was really good in this one for Orlando. uh, If you've got him, use him. If you don't, I think that's a team I generally avoid. Playing against Indiana is a joy for teams right now. Atlanta puts up a buck, 32. Good God. Trey Young, 16 assists. Herder, 22 points. Bogdan, 29. Capella, 22 and 15. Even Clint Capella woke up for this one. A lot of guys were out also. Um, no Deniliv Gallinari. And no John Collins. Bogdan Bogdanovich was actually questionable. He ended up playing through it. But when two power forwards are down, a lot of guys are useful. DeAndre Hunter was out for this ball game, So that allowed Timotei Luau-Cabarou slide into the starting five as well. Atlanta's down to the nubs these days, but they're hanging in there. Uh, Roto's standpoint, they, they're they in Oklahoma City in a couple of days. It's hard to say who might be back for that ballgame, but if any of their... I don't think I would go as far as the Cub Row, but if Herder, Bogdan, or DeLon Wright are available and those guys end up starting... Or Bogdan, it doesn't matter. But if Herder and Wright are starting and Gallo and Collins and Hunter are all still out on Wednesday, then I think DeLon Wright would be a really interesting stream at that point. More on the Roto side. Goga Batadze came back for Indiana. He's a start right now. Um, Jalen Smith is also in, but as long as Isaiah Jackson is out, then those guys are fine. And Miles Turner is out for the year. Malcolm Brogdon also out, so that adds a lot of usage to the plate, which means big games for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Goga has plenty of opportunity in this situation. I don't even know who Kiefer Sykes is, but I know he played 34 minutes, and I know I'm not going to deal with him. Terry Taylor, no thanks. Justin Anderson, no thanks. That was one where you're looking at if Jalen Smith was still out and maybe if Goga was still out. For Indy, again, it's a similar thing where like if you're sitting on some of these guys, it's fine. They're much more built for Roto right now because their schedule is spread apart. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Goga, I would hang on to yeah, I, Tyrese and Buddy Heel are really the only guys you need to hang on to on the head-to-head side. Like, if you pivoted off of Batadze for somebody who you could use for three games versus one, that's fine. Roto, I like him. He's good enough to use. I think Jalen Smith is good enough to use in Roto also. Chicago, another embarrassing loss. What's going on with the Bulls right now? At least Amar was huge. Caruso only three points. He fouled out in 30 minutes, but he got his three defensive stats, and he'll be fine because you'll you'll get four games like this on non-critical days. He's not going to score three points in every one of them. He's going to probably average like eight or nine, and you roll four games of that together, and suddenly you've got a bonus 36 points and 16, 17 rebounds, 8, 10, 12 assists. Probably get an extra five steals and two blocks this week. It's a big deal, actually. I know it looks kind of bad on a game-to-game basis, but extra games are everything. Alec Burks, start him. Mitch Robinson, start him. R.J. Barrett, actually been pretty good lately. Still a little bit more points leaguey, but go ahead. Obi Toppin got 20 minutes. I do wonder if they're going to start to dial Julius Randle down a little bit. I don't think it's going to be enough for Toppin... And then Emmanuel quickly had a rare off game. I think he'll be better in the next one. No changes here with New York, other than to note that Evan Fournier has cooled off. And uh, you can go ahead and you can go stream somewhere else there. Kings got blitzed. No real surprise. They don't have many bodies left. Davion Mitchell is a start. Harrison Barnes is a start. Trey Lyles is a start, although he wasn't good in this one. Dante Divincenzo and Justin Holiday are fighting each other, and it seems like every game they kind of rotate on and off. So you can probably leave them both alone. And then Miami finally beat somebody and just takes Sacramento with missing their two best players. That's maybe gets the Kings back on track. Boston rested everybody in Toronto. They almost beat them anyway. Marcus Smart had a big ball game, had some inefficiency issues, and then everybody else was kind of fine. If The big men, and we know Robert Williams, by the way, is basically out for the rest of the year, so you can drop the Time Lord, which is just the worst thing I've ever had to say on a podcast. I expect all Horford back in the not-too-distant future. We know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to be back probably as soon as the team gets back home. They're not going to screw around much here. But if Horford misses any other games, Daniel Tice is a guy you use in Roto. Grant Williams is a guy you can use in Roto. And I think Grant Williams you might even be able to use even after Horford comes back. Although at that point, Daniel Tice is probably not usable anymore. And then on the head-to-head side, you just leave it all alone. Gary Trent Jr. was back for Toronto, which means Chris Boucher is finally back onto the waiver wire. That's just the way it goes. When they got their guys, Boucher gets hurt. Thad Young had a really nice game off the bench, but I don't think you can trust that. Pascal Siakam will his team to a win, playing 47 minutes in this overtime game. Low-T fun. That's it. Drop Chris Boucher. That's really the only thing on the head-to-head. Well, I don't know. There was some Roto stuff on the Boston side. Spurs hang on. Beat the Rockets. Shouldn't have been that close, but it was. DeJounte Murray, huge ball game. Spurs are fighting for a playoff spot now. Pirtle, Keldon Johnson, those guys are easy ones. Devin Vassell came back, played 34 minutes. Josh Richardson moved to the bench, but still had 15 points. Meh, nah, I think I'd leave those two guys alone. But the Rockets, Kevin Porter Jr., when he's efficient, he can put up okay lines. But we've seen enough. We know what the reality of this is. Jalen Green was good. Uh, Alperen Sengun got the fill-in start and wasn't as great as I would have expected. He was fine in 29 minutes. He'll be inside the top 100. He's a guy you just use the rest of the way in basically any format. Although he did bruise his leg, so you probably want to hang on in that. And if you're streaming him, you might actually want to move on now while you can get that Because he's on overload days. You might want to move on now while you can still turn that one game into three and his one game might be zero. And the Warriors resting everybody in Memphis. This game was over real early. But hey, Brandon Clark was back. Couldn't throw a stone in the ocean, but he was back. And that's great. That's a good sign going forward. DeAnthony Melton had another big game. Tyus Jones slowed down actually a little bit in this one. Surprising little wrinkle. And then Oklahoma City has just abandoned ship on everybody. Their whole team is crumped uh even Trey Mann was a late scratch which thinks because I think a lot of folks myself included had looked to him as a as a potential interesting little pickup I don't know who the hell's gonna play in the Thunder's next ball game but Isaiah Roby remains safe Alexei Pokoshevsky remains safe and it does appear like Theo Maladon is safe because SGA has now been ruled out for the year I'm assuming that Let's see. Dort, Giddy. Those guys are out for the. Oh, they ruled out Darius Baisley for the season as well. And so then, who the hell, I mean, I think Trey Mann probably tries to get back. Sort of no reason to rest him. He's very, very young. <laughs> uh, Portland is also down to the nubs on everything. Drew Eubanks has been great. Brandon Williams had a better ball game, kind of has no choice right now. Uh. I don't know, mixed bag here with the Blazers. They might just be so terrible now that having a point guard isn't a great idea. I still think Chris Dunn is fine. If you wanted to use him in Rota, there's probably more interesting options floating around now with all the other guys that are out, like these Thunder, potentially, on the other side. I cannot believe that Drew Eubanks might be the, like, the biggest silly season winner. Although you guys remember when he got signed, I said, put him on your watch list. And he looked kind of like a back-end center for a few days. And then all of a sudden, he got 28, 29 minutes. And we said, wait a minute now. If this sticks, you got to go with it. And then they shut everybody down. And it was glorious at that point. I had Eubanks in a bunch of spots. I still do. A lot of Roto teams with Drew Eubanks on it. I hope you guys do as well. What a mess these two teams are. Tankathon. thon This is the old, the great American tank-off. Yikes. Certainly more interesting from a Roto standpoint, because you could pick someone up and then just not use them. I would say make sure you got Roby on a Roto roster, Pokoshevsky on a Roto roster, Eubanks, that's probably it as far as must-start Roto guys. And then the fringy ones would be Maladone, if you're okay with some p- potential percentages issues. Wiggins, same general issues. Trey Mann, if he comes back, I think you could use. And on the Portland side... Maybe Chris Dunn, but that's about as far as I'd go. And that's it. That's your recap. Roto, head to head, we got them all. Knocked it all in 30 minutes flat. All right, let's keep rumbling, man. Follow me on Twitter. We'll do some more discussion out there as uh, streaming stuff pops up and you know I'll be trying to retweet interesting uh, health news into the timeline as well. Thank you guys again for continuing to listen to this show right until the very end. And remember... Remember, we will go all off-season long, five days a week just like this. I hope you'll join us for all of that. Drop a five-star review if you haven't already. If you have, grab a loved one's phone. Do it on theirs. Big thanks, heart emoji to all of you. Yep, I said that out loud. Real adult grown man said it, said heart emoji. I regret it, but I'm not going to edit it out. Same thing as before. If I do something dumb, you guys get to hear it. I'm Dan Vespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a Sports Ethos presentation. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Back at you tomorrow. Same format. Streaming guide first. Go figure. Later.